0: Hi, everyone. I'm Philip Michaels. We're spending the past week trying to find a good home for all the unused cat jokes about OS X that we have lying around. Until then, please enjoy the Macworld Pundit Showdown. Yes, it's the show where we gather a panel of pundits and ask them questions about... Breaking Mac News, and and what an all-star panel we have assembled for you today with some of the leading developers in San Francisco for the Worldwide Developers Conference. We have um, uh, just four outstanding gentlemen here. Let's ask them stupid questions and play sound effects while they talk. Let's meet our (laughs) panelists, starting first with uh, uh, our returning uh, returning panelist. He was on last year's show, last year's WWDC show, which um, our listeners loved. They raved about his performance. Too bad he finished third. <laughs> he's, the, he's the founder of The Loop. You can hear him on the Amplified podcast, which he co-hosts. Uh, he recently released his very own magazine app for iPads and iPhone called The Loop. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Jim Dalrymple. How you doing, Phil? I am doing excellent. Thank you for... Thank you for being here.
1: It's a pleasure.
0: Wow. We have a, uh, a formidable panel of opponents that Indeed. you will be facing off against today. Let's meet them. Um, he, our, our next panelist, <laughs> he, I'm, I'm catching my breath here, I'm just very excited. He um, writes for uh, Bit Splitting, which is his personal tech site. He hosts not one, but two podcasts, Bit Splitting and Core Intuition. He also is the, the man behind Red Sweater Software, which uh, produces, of course, the great Mars Edit blogging program. That's why we're introducing him with this.
2: <laughs>
0: it's Daniel Jelko. Hi, thanks for having me on. Uh, thanks for being here. Um, sitting across from him on your radio dial. He's a designer at QBranch, which is sort of a, uh, a super group of, of, of Mac uh, uh, people, kind of the, uh, the traveling Willberries of Mac software or iOS software. They recently released Vesper, was their most recent effort. You'll also know him as the co-host of Unprofessional, along with Macworld's own uh, Lex Friedman. So for once, he's on a podcast with a, a Macworld employee who he doesn't have to carry for an hour.
3: <laughs> it's Dave Whiskus. Hello. I think in the Traveling Wilburys comparison, I'm supposed to be Tom Petty. That is excellent. <laughs> I'm the kid. Finally, our
0: final panelist does not have a podcast, <laughs> but, but the day is still young. What is wrong with him? No, all he's done is 20 years ago found a software company called uh, Barebone Software. They produced uh, a BB Edit Yojimbo Text Wrangler. You tell me if it was worth it the last 20 years.
4: Oh, hell yes.
0: It seems like it was. Ladies and gentlemen,
4: Rich Siegel. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. And uh, maybe I will have a podcast by the end of the day.
0: Dan Benjamin is lurking outside with a contract. He,
4: he is. He is. He's always after me about it.
0: So let me explain how this works since we have three newcomers here. I am going to ask questions, they will provide me with answers. I will award points one point, two points, three points. You can also lose a point. And at the end, uh, whoever has the most points wins, and we all go home happy, and uh, hopefully the uh, creators of the Fighting Talk uh, radio program in the BB- on the BBC never listen to this podcast and realize what we've done to their format. Let's get started. Our first question is all about this.
3: The team at Apple has been working incredibly hard on the latest version of iOS. And today, it's a great thrill that I announce iOS 7.
0: Or is our first question all about this? So for our first
2: California-themed release,
4: we went just outside our backyard, just off the coast, to a place with some of the biggest waves and most extreme surfing in all of North America, OS-10 Mavericks.
0: Or possibly, it's about this.
3: So I am really pleased to give you, our closest friends, the first glimpse of the next generation of Mac Pro.
0: No applause for the Mac Pro there. Previews for OS X and iOS, new Mac Pros and MacBook Airs. Even iWork is in line for an update. But what part of WWDC had you standing up and cheering? Jim Dalrymple, show these newcomers
1: how it's done. Craig Federici. Boom. He was amazing. He was, wasn't he? He, he when he got up and started talking, it was all about confidence. Craig had the confidence, and the confidence didn't come from, um, we think we have something that you like. He knew that they had something that people would like. He killed it. He get up. He made jokes about you know calendar stitching okay. and falling off the screen. It killed it. That's set the tone
4: for the whole keynote right there, Craig.
0: All right, uh, Rich.
4: I, I, I have to say that's that's true. Although when Phil Schiller said, "Can't innovate anymore, my ass," Boom. that just that just was it in a nutshell. This is clearly the new Apple. They're they're coming out swinging and, and they're not afraid to call out things they didn't like. Uh, Daniel,
2: well, like everybody else in the audience, I was standing up and cheering for the most. Uh, terrible aspect of the WWDC keynote, which was the uh, nearly failed demo of the remote control automated cars, which uh, we were all then compelled to stand up virtually or literally and cheer for. Uh, But the other thing for me as a non-attendee of the conference has been the miraculous uh, nearly live delivery of uh, videos of all the sessions. So I think I may be having a slightly better experience of the conference than people who paid sixteen hundred dollars to attend. You certainly have sixteen hundred dollars more in your wallet than. Yeah, than but people.
4: you're you're missing out on the long lines and the bad food and the. Well, the when you, well when you put it that way,
0: uh, Dave, finish us off here. Uh,
3: two things. One, I agree with the uh, I agree with Jim's answer of Craig Federighi, but for the reason that extra point for Jim. He he's become so much better a speaker over the last year. But the big thing to me in, in line with that is change. The theme of WWDC's keynote this year was change. Everything is different. The Mac Pro looks dramatically different, feels dramatically different. iOS, OS X both look and feel dramatically different. And it's not change for the sake of change. It's change suggesting that they're moving things forward, which I think is the, the right tone to set right now.
4: And and if I may be forgiven, forgiven the observation, they're not just moving things forward, but they're, it, there is a clear feeling of you know, we made some decisions in the past few years, collectively speaking, that we're not real proud of. And we're going to we're going to set those right as we move forward. That is an,
0: uh, an excellent point um, uh, from a from a, a well-spoken gentleman who spoke out of turn. So he'll also lose a point. There. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's move on to the next question. Since Apple is a devoted listener of this podcast, we wouldn't want anyone in Cupertino getting a swelled head from all the answers that they just heard. So what's one thing Apple got wrong with the WWDC keynote? Daniel, start us off here.
2: Uh, Well, uh, one of the things they got wrong is related to some things they got very right, which was a new ability, a seemingly new ability to be contrite and uh, apologetic about mistakes that Apple has made. In the past, in particular, with things like their skeuomorphic uh, interfaces, which they were just like celebrating, like a like a um, like a, a conquest. Uh, but the uh, the the aspect of it that made that so ultimately wrong was that there's something else on a lot of our minds that they need to be contrite and apologetic for, and that is the failure of iCloud syncing mm-hmm. to work as advertised. So, hearkening back in particular to past keynotes where this very technology has been celebrated that would have been uh, an opportunity to sort of finish the job on their contrition this year. Uh, Dave.
3: I, I think that the contrition is good, it's interesting, but I think it was too much. I think that the, the mistake they made was picking on skeuomorphism. I think that they, they took it far enough that people came away, developers came away, and that was the audience, developers came away with a feeling that they were apologizing for and picking on Scott Forstall. And I don't think that the image of Scott Forstall having made mistakes is fair to Forstall. He made decisions and did things that made sense at the time. Those were good decisions. And, and just because things are changing doesn't mean those decisions are now bad. Jim. I'm, st- I'm trying to look up contrition here.
1: So. <laughs> 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 uh, I, the, the thing I think that they, they really kind of missed on was, was putting eye work out there. I mean, it, it wasn't the place for iWork. It was, uh, you know, that's kind of a place for maybe an event where they're going to do some Mac stuff. And, oh, yeah, here we have a... They're showing brand new iOS 7, you know, new design, new things that they're going to have and, and the future of Mac OS. And then they bring out i iWork. I I, it didn't really fit. It didn't matter. Nobody really cared about it. So it was it was just odd that they would even put it out there. And it it didn't... It didn't tie into anything else that they were doing. It's not like they really talked about Sync and talked about what iCloud was going to do and how they were going to to push uh, iWork forward. They just had this web
4: browser demo. It was odd. Rich stole my answer. You were looking at my uh, cheat sheet, weren't you? I was. Yeah. Another Actually, another yeah. point for Jim.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh damn. My gum
0: oh, he dropped his gum. Yeah, <laughs> home listeners, Jim has dropped his gum. We will be pausing the podcast while he goes and searches the floor of the Macro podcast studio. Continue, Rich. Yeah, no. I think I, Jim needs more points.
4: I, I think iWork.com <laughs> I I is, is, or whatever .com they're calling it now, it feels like a checkoff feature. It feels like something that should have gone away a long time ago, and, and maybe it's even arguable that it should have gone away. It should have never happened. Um... I think that iWork as a desktop application and the iWork components on iOS combined with uh, what they call documents in the cloud, the file synchronizing portion of iCloud, which really works pretty well, uh, those are a very powerful solution, and iWork.com just muddies it up.
0: All right. Our next question, it's our Twitter question from um, the tens of tens of people who follow us on Twitter. Uh, It comes from Tim Breen, who writes, System 9 famously got a funeral at the 2002 WWDC. What current Apple offering is most in need of a similar not-so-fond farewell from Apple? Um, Dave, start us off this time.
3: Non-retina. Boom. I want everything to be retina. I think Apple should want everything to be retina. I don't think... Was anybody who, who saw the announcement about the new MacBook Airs not disappointed that they were in Retina? And I, I, can, I can see the arguments for battery life. I can see the arguments about GPU. But Apple should be doing everything in their power to, to push things forward on Retina.
0: Rich.
4: Any, anything backed by a website? Boom.
2: Short and sweet. Daniel. Uh, well, it's getting harder and harder to uh, identify those terrible things Apple does that should be killed off, because they actually have done a pretty good job of streamlining over the awesome. past 10 years. Um, but I was thinking about this. Uh, we have whittled it down now to two operating systems, or you would think that there are only two major operating systems being used by Apple, uh, being iOS and OS 10 on the desktop. But there's actually this residual operating system, the one that powers the iPod Classic, which is a product line that does little to advance any of Apple's current priorities and is a distraction from uh, leading customers away from the the very products that help Apple and help developers. So. Uh,
0: but that would kill off all the is the iPod Classic doomed articles that we have queued up. And <laughs> we've already lost our cat jokes. Don't take that away
2: so from mi- us. So minus too. 10 points for yes. bit, the Threatening uh, the uh, <laughs> livelihood of Mac world. Yes. Come on, man. Jim.
1: Well, I I think that Apple needs to either make a stand with pro apps or get rid of them because clearly right now the the flagship products all surround uh, mobile and iOS and they've they've kind of left the the pro crowd hanging both with video and audio Uh, logic pro hasn't been touched in years and you know uh, pro tools is coming up they've i actually use pro tools full-time now when i when i record so you know they're they're not doing a good job with that and the worst part is they're not even communicating to that so they they bring out this great mac pro talking about their their pro users and how they want to do that but they've got no software so they're they're kind of missing the boat on that so take a stand update them or get the hell out of the game
0: let's go to the scores this will be the shortest score uh, check of, of all time in the Pundit Showdown history. Uh, Rich and Dan Daniel have seven. Jim and Dave have eight. Very tight early on. And our next question is all about this. Apple is doing away with cats with the next version of OS X, as you might have heard repeatedly in this podcast, switching instead to what the company calls inspiring locations in California. With Mavericks taking up the first name, what future California spot should be recognized by Apple with I, an iOS code. I got name? It.
1: Monterey.
0: Yeah. Monterey. <laughs> Jim jumping the gun a little bit, but we'll give him a point there.
2: Um, Daniel. Mac OS ten San Quentin. Boom. Yeah, uh, the point being that California is filled with dramatic, evocative places and ideas that Apple can use and milk for whatever kind of mood they want to set at the moment. And that's been harder with Cats. I look forward to the dramatic uh, crime thriller, Mac OS X Chinatown. Uh, Back to something a little more simple like Mac OS X Golden Gate for bridging the communities of the world. And uh, finally, when we get to that point in the very distant future, we know we're going at least 10 years according to Apple's objection. (laughs) However, we will now know that the final release of mac os 10 will be mac os 10 death valley
1: that could be the pro
2: apps
3: (laughs) (laughs) dave every year wwdc apple brings uh the the best and brightest developers together here in san francisco and i think i think that should be acknowledged (laughs) i think that it should be os 10 and
4: us (laughs) i think it should be
3: i think it should be os
4: 10 tenderloin
0: boom my goodness uh rich
4: Wow, now I'm hungry. Um, (laughs) Mac OSM, Bakersfield, Mendocino, Compton.
1: (laughs) If you say Chico, you get a point taken off. (laughs) Uh,
0: Rich Rich has uh, finally figured out the the scoring system here. It's just to keep saying things until I stop pressing buttons. Uh, Moving on iOS 7 will add a male option to go with Siri's now familiar female voice. Since celebrity tie-ins are all the rage, which star should lend his or her voice to a future incarnation of Siri? Let's start with Rich.
4: Patrick Stewart. John Cleese. Too many ideas. Should have
0: kept going.
2: Oh, <laughs> um, Daniel. Uh, Mac OS ten featuring the dulce or not Mac OS X, uh, Siri featuring the dulcet tones of Edward Snowden keeping oh. you constantly <laughs> apprised of the level of uh privacy or otherwise with all of your iOS uh, devices, uh, but I also think that we need to get a little um a little revenge on uh Samuel Jackson for his uh, portrayal of Siri as exceedingly efficient and uh easy to use, and I envision a future uh Samuel Jackson voiced iPhone that repeatedly refuses and denies Samuel Jackson himself uh, for his requests to Siri. No more gazpacho for
0: Samuel L. Jackson. Right. Jim Dalrymple.
1: Ozzy Osbourne, best selling voice ever. Sharon Osbourne. Regis Philbin, because Regis would just kick butt on that. Um, Phyllis Diller they can go back and put all take all Phyllis the little snippets but sh- they could do that it would be great i would hey Hey.
0: <laughs> okay also, also a point off to rich for telling me how to yeah. say. <laughs> in the background he was making making motions i would love to do it. oh
4: i am so food. busted
0: yes
3: uh, dave I think uh, there's easy answers that Morgan Freeman would be great. Uh, Kiefer Sutherland would be great. Uh, Jen Bridges. But I think it depends on how you define celebrity. And if you broaden the definition a little bit, I think Daniel Jellicut. Okay, an, minus one. an extra
0: point to Daniel for, on that one. <laughs> yeah. I thought that might happen. <laughs> Thank you. Our next question, and it's all about... This. I thank you, I'm out of
1: time. What I really wanted to ask is why the hell I have to keep updating the apps on my iPhone all the time and why you don't fix that, I thank you, Mr. Chairman.
0: That cranky old man was Senator John McCain, who he nearly elected president in this country. Um, And that was him questioning Tim Cook when the Apple CEO was summoned before Congress to discuss the finer points of the U.S. tax code. My question to the panelists, if you had Tim Cook under oath, What's the one question you would make sure to ask him? Let's start with Dave this time.
3: It's an even split for me. It would either be uh, the the cliche, where do you get your ideas? Or I would just want to know uh, who he was wearing. Sharp-dressed man.
4: Rich. Uh, I, I, I would have to say, yeah, boxers or briefs. Or what's on your iPod. And what the hell are you people doing over there?
2: Jim Dalrymple. Can I come for dinner? Yeah. <laughs> and Daniel. Uh, under the uh, sworn oath, will we see a working implement- implementation of iCloud syncing in the next 10 years? <laughs> and uh, one question that's particularly uh, interesting to me, should I sell my Apple stock now or later?
0: All right. Um let us keep going. I was going to check the scores, but I hit the wrong button, so let's, let's go with that. Iron Man, Captain Kirk, soon Superman will be found at a Cineplex near you this summer. This is a really important question. <laughs> Which big screen movie hero deserves a job at Apple, and what would you hire them to do? Jim Dalrymple, start us off. There
1: all. is only one right answer, and that is Spider-Man. And why is that, Jim? (laughs) Spider-Man is the coolest of all superheroes. Mm, Debatable point. I would hire Spider-Man to go through the inside of the campus looking into all the windows so he could go up and down. He could swing across. He could take people across the courtyard. Jim has very much thought about this. Go on. He could take... Ideas from this from the software department over to Johnny Ive on a web. He could take Johnny Ive on the web, not a, not the web, the web. Spider Man, spot. You know, I I understand. Rich is looking at me like I'm crazy. Don't yeah. you know
4: Spider Man? I'm, I'm listening. I'm listening very he very carefully. He could be like the Jim.
1: ultimate security guy. He could be everything. If the podcast room wasn't cramped, Rich
0: would be backing up at a. Uh, at a prodigious rate right now. Uh, David.
3: I, I love Spider-Man. It, it sounds like in this situation, Spider-Man's job is to take the ideas from the designers to the engineers because he's a people person. I think... Um, Thank you for explaining <laughs> <answer> <laughs> I just, there. I just want to make sure I understand. Yeah. Uh, action heroes. Uh, so Ashton Kutcher has a movie coming out this summer, and I think that uh, his character, Steve Jobs, is who I'd want to bring into Apple. Boom.
2: Uh, Daniel. Well, I agree that uh, since Steve passed away, there's been something missing at Apple. Um, There's been a lack of somebody to go around campus scaring the living daylights out of their employees. So uh, I would, of course, bring in uh, Dirty Harry because uh, we don't need superheroes. We need personal heroes. And uh, I think that all these people trying to get these uh, iOS and Mac OS X releases out wouldn't feel like such lucky punks if somebody was coming around – beating down their doors with a little intimidation.
4: And Rich, you haven't answered. I, I sure, I sure do. I think Clarice the dog cow needs to come back and set up a new oh. icon garden. I think SpongeBob SquarePants should be brought into work facilities.
0: <laughs> Let's go to the scores now. And racing out to a uh, uh, big lead, the man with two podcasts, he knows how it's done. Daniel Jelkett with uh, twenty points uh trailing just behind dave whiskus with 18 jim dalrymple has 16 as does rich siegel but anything can happen at
3: this stage in the game i'm coming for you jalkin a
0: lot of smack talk going on and in fact this could be a game changer here because it's our golden envelope question uh the panelists if they match my answer they get 10 bonus points E3, the gaming expo, is taking place down in Los Angeles at the same time as WWDC, and that's put me in the mind of gaming. I'd like to know from the panelists what's the greatest computer game you ever played, no matter what the platform? And I actually I, I realized after I re- wrote this question, I've asked this before on the showdown, so I'm changing my answer. We'll see if anyone listens to the, the old podcast. No one listens. So um, let's start off with Rich.
4: Uh, Marathon Infinity.
0: Okay. Boom.
1: Jim Dalrymple.
4: Lego Racing.
1: Boom. Dave.
3: I had I wrote down Ocarina of Time, Legend of Zelda game for the Nintendo sixty four, but uh when we were sitting out in the lobby before we came in, I noticed on uh one of the T V screens it was powered by a Mac and it had running one of my favorite games. It's the variation on Whack a Mole. It's the system update thing in the corner that you keep swiping away and it keeps coming back. Boom. Love that game.
2: <laughs> and Daniel. Um, A a classic game everybody played many, many times. Ladder, 4th, K-Pro, CPM. Boom.
0: Excellent choices all. They do not match the golden envelope, which I am exposing now to be Wolfenstein 3D. You get to shoot Nazis. Horrible mutated Nazis. And it was a great early uh, uh, first-person shooter. So there you go. That's the correct answer. Um, according to the Washington Post and the Guardian of, uh, of London, the federal government is tapping into Apple servers and servers from other tech heavyweights to collect audio, video, emails, and other data. If true, and Apple has said it doesn't provide the feds with direct access to its servers, what is one purchase you've made with Apple that you hope the government never gets wind of? Let's ask the shiftiest person in the room first, Jim Dalrymple. In sync. You're a brave man to admit that on, on, on a recorded device, and we thank you for your honesty, uh, Rich. Uh,
4: yeah, there's some pop I've bought on the music store that I'm not exactly proud of, but it's got a good beat. So,
0: uh, Dave,
4: I own
3: I own a lot of really bad music. I've got Milli Vanilli. I think I have Rebecca Black. I'm not saying I listen to this stuff, but if if uh, if I die, I want somebody to wipe my account so that nobody knows that I watch Arrow. And Daniel.
2: Um, first of all, I like the presumption that this podcast will remain obscure enough that nobody from the government will ever hear it. Exactly. So, <laughs> so this is our... Exactly. Op- so, so you're already pointing out the flaw of the question, so thank you for that. <laughs> um, I also have some embarrassing pop songs, but, uh, you know, tipsy at a party when it seemed that that needed to be the only song that anybody in the house would hear. Uh, you know, it's, it's Britney Spears' time. Oh. Um, but... Uh, Looking forward to and, and, and actually accounting for the likelihood of the government having access to all of my Apple records, I intend to invest in as many tax payment applications as I possibly can. And in the effort of giving uh, an impression to the government that I am extremely uh, astute and attentive to that. Daniel's
1: actually got all this written out. I mean, this is. I'm, I'm, I, when I Ji- When
2: Jim says Daniel has it all written out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Shut up, Jim. <laughs> All right. No one likes a tattletale,
0: Jim.
1: <laughs> wow. Narc. Wow.
0: If, if the Mavericks and iOS 7 previews are any indication, as we've as we've discussed, Apple seems to be putting skeuomorphism in its rear view mirror. What's one design element you hope to see become an indispensable part of Apple's operating systems? Let's start with Dave on this one.
3: Joy. Ooh. I had slept through the keynote, and so I didn't. Get uh, a full uh, accounting of everything that had happened until later on in the day, and uh, Lex Friedman showed me his phone. he had iOS seven the beta installed and because I didn't know much of anything, I was just kind of you know looking and uh, I, I hold the phone up to my face so I can get close and look for pixel artifacts and things like that, and I noticed the the parallax shifting in the background, the perspective thing, and my face lit up I was like like a kid, like I was just that happy that somebody did something that cool. I want more of that. Not that effect, but that that approach
0: that is a very inspiring answer. Jim, can you be a counterweight to that? <laughs> <laughs>
3: wow
1: <laughs> I better get some points for this one. Mm-hmm. The Chevron Boom. I do believe that the the whole button thing you know is gone that that's a very um, distinctive thing, but it's very lightweight, you know I mean it tells you what to do and, and you do it. I, I think it's a great. A great design feature. Uh,
2: Daniel. Um, the screens are getting better. Uh, Retina is going to save the day. And things like our system font are starting to look out of date. Uh, a lot of people have been guessing that we we'll, we're going to ultimately see some kind of combination iOS and Mac OS 10 operating system. I think that will not happen. I think there's evidence of that in the code name. Planning that we heard about, but um, I think that uh, we'll start to see some some uh, consistencies. And a great place to start to show off those uh, great Retina displays would be to move OS X in line with iOS with Helvetica as the default uh, system font.
0: All right, uh, Rich Siegel.
4: Um, I want to con- I want to see a continued attention to detail, not just the the tiny little things, but sort of more big picture stuff, more f- more thoughtfulness in how. Uh, people interact with the machine, mostly on the desktop, because that is where I spend most of my time, uh, and also the closed box.
0: This has been a remarkably in- informative mackerel Pundit showdown, and we have to put a stop to that right away. We <laughs> will with this question, I'm sure. It's all about this. Can't innovate anymore, my ass. <laughs> And for the first time, we'll get an explicit. Can you get an explicit rating in the podcast if it's an Apple executive saying the bad (laughs) word? Um, That was Apple Senior Vice President of Worldwide Product Marketing, Phil Schiller, who had some pointed words during Monday's keynote, likely aimed at tech bloggers and reporters who suggested that Apple has lost its innovation edge. This is your chance to take a page out of Phil Schiller's book and call out a tech writer who's gotten your goat. I'm going to have Jim go last on this one because I think we'll need to end the podcast right away. So let's start with Rich.
4: Daniel Jalkut, That guy doesn't know what he's talking about.
2: Outstanding, Daniel. Are we just going to pass this around the circle? Because Mm -hmm. You know, this guy Jim Dalrymple, one time... One time he wrote this article where he was like, yep. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, nope. (laughs) (laughs) Button seems to be stuck here. So I just have to say, you know, I wish he would be a little more insightful and say, "Hmm, maybe. (laughs) 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 Uh,
0: Daniel has all the points now.
3: Dave. I would love to, to say everybody at this table, but there's there's one person that stands out above all the rest, and that is uh god, that, that Lex Friedman. Yeah. So tired of that guy.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he's awful. He's the worst. He's the worst. Hi Lex. Oh. Um and finally, God help us, Jim Dalrymple.
1: I would say Jim Dalrymple. Um Everybody, every single person at the Wall Street Journal that ever touched a typewriter or a keypad on a computer, Phil was talking to them.
0: Even Walt Mossberg, Even
1: Jim? Walt Mossberg. Wow. Everybody at the Wall Street Journal, they are the stupidest people on the face of the earth. to think that they, can, they know what's going on. They are just ridiculous. I hate them. I wouldn't hate them if they weren't so stupid. But they are. There's no excuse for stupidity.
0: Great comic section,
1: though. Yeah, okay. okay. Yeah, you got me there. Yeah.
0: Uh, we'd go over the scores. Uh, in fact, let's do that now. Uh, Daniel has all the points. Rich has very few points. And it's between uh, uh, Jim and Dave for the other spot in the finals. And our final question of the day. We've talked a lot here today. Wow, this was well written. We've talked about a lot here today. There, now I can read my own writing. But when we invite you back for the Pundit Showdown panel at the 2014 WDC, what will be the one thing everyone is talking about then? Rich, you have no hope of continuing, so why don't you go first?
4: <clears throat> the return of the floppy disk.
2: And And uh, Daniel? Well, I'd like to say Daniel Jalkin. Boom. Oh. But uh, I'm going to I'm going to assume it's going to be Jim Dalrymple as usual.
3: And uh Dave, I think everybody's going to be talking about how much better the iOS 7 app icons were.
0: Boom. Oh. And uh Jim
2: Dalrymple.
3: Yep. Nope.
2: <laughs> mm,
0: maybe. Let's check out the scores. Rich Siegel, thank you for coming today.
4: (laughs) I can't even claim beginner's luck. I had no luck.
0: It was an excellent debut. Nevertheless, 27 points. Uh, uh, Daniel uh, finished with uh, 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 39 points by my math. That's probably wrong, but (laughs) he's certainly in the final. Dave Wiskus, 29 points. Jim Dalrymple I have with 31 points. Jim... You're facing off against Daniel in the final. It is defend the indefensible. I am going to read a statement. These two men are going to have to... They'll each get their own statement that they'll have to defend. It is not the right thing. It is a terrible thing that I'm going to read to it, but they'll have 20 seconds where they have to agree with everything I say, no matter what. So, uh, Daniel, you had the most points. Would you like to go first or second? I would love to go first. All right. Let me select. I'm going to go with this. I don't care how you pronounce GIF or gif. Just stop wasting everybody's time by blogging.
2: Absolutely. Blogging is a menace. Just um, look no further than Jim Dalrymple to see your, your examples for why. I mean, how many people need to say something to everybody? Nobody needs that. Blogging is, you know... Twitter is here. We have something that fills the needs of people who need to communicate. And blogging needs to go by the wayside so that we can make room for better apps like uh, Alright, that's your time. Always a good thing when you can use Defend the Indefensible to,
0: to shred someone else in the room. Jim, here is yours. Having a magazine app available for iOS devices is all well and good, but I won't truly feel like a success until I've brought the loop to Blackberry.
1: You know, what, my, uh, Jesus. <laughs> the look of um, hatred, ladies and gentlemen, uh, what, what his face. What, what, what's interesting about uh, about the medium that we have with digital is that you can bring it to a lot of different people. You can, uh, no, I can't even do it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think we have our champion. It's Daniel Jelkett. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Thank you, everybody else, Excellent for being debut. slightly Nobody inferior to support, me. Right. It
2: makes me feel good.
0: And thank you to our other panelists, Rich Siegel, Jim Dalrymple, Dave Wiskus. Uh, my name is Philip Michaels. This has been the Macro Pundit Showdown. Take care until next time.